I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Smirch Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be heading back to a galaxy far, far away and try to undo everything someone else did in the worst possible way. Yes, it's Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And somehow, Tom Crowley has returned. No, I'm not. Yay! No, you're not. No, I'm not. There we go. Just to re-establish that. Uh, and uh, to all the listeners, just go back, uh, listen to all the new Star Wars film trilogy mm. with me and John Rain. Otherwise, mm. most of the things we talk about, like little nude pink men <laughs> running around, won't make any sense. I've got some notes about the little nude pink men later on. Good, good. I yeah. had a thought about them as well. Excellent. Yeah. So look forward to that, listener. This is going to absolutely go off. Oh, it's going to be mesmeric. Oh. John Mesmeric, the elephant man, he was very good. John Mesmeric. Yeah. He was the hypnotist elephant man. Oh, I think we've just thought of a new addition to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I think we have, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Call Alan Moore. my eyes, not around my eyes. Stop <laughs> looking at my head. And that's a good point to shout out to R.I.P. Kevin O'Neill, illustrator oh, yes. of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, one of, of the greatest comics artists ever produced in the United Kingdom. Mm. Gone but not forgotten. Miss you, big man. Yeah, no, he was great. Big part fantastic. of our shared childhoods, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Nemesis, the Warlock, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. and Incredible. he never, though he never had the gumption to draw John Mesmeric. No, he never did. He he somehow, in a cowardly fashion, claimed that was tasteless. I don't understand how. No, I don't know what's wrong with him. No, yeah. mind you, Eddie Campbell did then draw John Merrick in in From Hell, but that's a different story. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. good. That's a good novella. From that, From Hell, I think, might be the best comic. Yeah, it's, it's hard to think of one that like genuinely challenges it. But anyway, but we're not here to talk about no, from hell, no. a really good thing that's just all the good all the way through. Mm. We're here to talk about the rise of Skywalker, we which are. is different. As you can tell, people who've been listening to this podcast long enough will realise that I tend to go off on tangents when I don't really want to talk about the film. <laughs> yeah, as we just did there. But we're going to get back on track because we're greeted with the opening crawl that says the dead speak. Yep, and then it goes. Oh, and um, Palpatine's back. What? Yeah, the, the the most important plot point, arguably, is just thrown away in the opening titles. Mm. I was thinking about this, and like there is a balance to that, right? Because yeah. from the very first movie, really seismic important events are explained in the title crawl. Mm. But when you've just gone, 
You know, Empress Snow can like raise parentage and and all and Kylo Ren's redemption and all those other things we've been talking about all this time. Well, don't worry too much about that. The main thing is we we had uh, we got a drive time radio show from Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> This one goes out to Anita, who's going out tonight in Stoke. Have fun, Anita. Here's Rita Ora. And they're going, oh, no, Palpatine's back and he's playing some absolute stinkers. And, uh, yeah, and so they they go, oh, no, uh, bloody Palpatine's back with his drive time show and now we don't know what's going on. And, and, yeah. The opening crawl should be, because no one, you do read them, but in this one you're just like, this is fucking nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, you read it. It's Um, the opposite of what it's meant to do. We go, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And you go, what? Oh. Oh. You're disappointed before the film starts. It should be one of those things, like you know, when they get like a million billion photos and they make yeah. a picture out of their photos. It should yeah. be that when you look at the crawl from front to from front to end, yeah, it makes a picture of Ryan Johnson being punched in the face or something. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just a hand extending a middle finger. Yeah, well, basically, it is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, as you say, uh, old Palps is doing a drive time show. Old Polpo, yeah. yeah. I will not play that shit on my show. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing now. Yet. Uh, now, uh, Graham says um, he's he's ringing in to say that his dog sadly passed away. His little dog Skippy. Now, what? Can someone warn me about this, please? I've come out of an upbeat number into a death dedication. A little dog named Skippy. <laughs> so, so Palpatine is Simon Bates. Yeah, that's right. You that's might right. hear some foul language. <laughs> like something like cunt. Uh, da 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 The chain. And then into mm. the next number. Yeah. All right. He's now turned into Alan thingy. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, I don't know. Yep. Partridge. No. Alan Partridge. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Kylo is. We, we open with Kylo Ren killing mushroom people. Yep. That's fine. I like the little mushroom people. I'm sad I we think, didn't see more of them, actually. I think it's important to make a note of um, Kylo Ren's war crimes up to this point because Ooh. the very first film he kills Han Solo, which is up yep. there, isn't it? That's like... That's that's basically like the ultimate Star Wars crime. That's like kicking... David Attenborough pauses to pick up a contact lens at the top of a high fl- flight of stairs. Yeah. And that's like booting him down it Yeah, when he's dead. Like he yeah, goes full then, exorcist tumble and then going, yeah. I'm, I'm a nice guy, really. Well, exactly, and then like going in the garden, burning some plastic, mm. gathering all the plastic in in David Attenborough's house, and then burning it in the garden, and saying, "Hey, I'm an okay dude." Mm. And then at the end, don't expect everyone to go, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." Yeah, he's fine. We, we yeah, really he's like fine. You. I mean, I've got some thoughts on that uh, for later in the film. Yeah. Would you like to hear my sort of summary of the Star Wars trilogy? <laughs> I misheard what you said. I thought you said I've got some thoughts on that for later. Like he's. Just I've got. I've got some jobs. thoughts on that for later. That- <laughs> <laughs> that cocksucker Kylo Ren. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yes. What, what, what were you going to say? Well, I sort of, I, I came up with a, a, a theory, mm. which hopefully doesn't give too much away about what what remains to come in this podcast. But mm. um, the Force Awakens. This is what it is. This is my summary. The Force Awakens resurrected some beloved characters in imperfect but well-intentioned ways, yes. and brought in some new young leads to make the case for more Star Wars. Mm. Uh, with arguably a, a fair degree of success. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi messed with the formula, played with the toy box of old and new characters to try to make something new and was both loved and hated for it. Mm. The Rise of Skywalker takes both the old beloved characters and the new characters who in the long run, given time, proved not to be all that interesting or enjoyable and then solemnly takes them all into the woods and shoots them in the head. Yeah, that is essentially it. I couldn't yeah. agree more. There you go. That's my summary. Mm. Uh, goodbye. Thanks so much. Listen to Crowley time. This has been wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, John, for having me. I I think my metaphor for this film is: do you know those things at the uh, when you're at like the pier and it's like an arcade. Yeah. It's like a little thing where you put two pennies in and it shoves two yeah, pennies yeah. at you. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. yeah. Co- it's this film constantly throwing things at you that are of yeah. no interest or value. Oh my god! I mean, mm. again, that's that's my main note for most of it. Really, like, mm. who's this? Why do I care? What's mm. that? Oh my god. The the average shot length, like scene length of this film, is about seven seconds. Yeah, it's crazy. And it'll inevitably it? be someone coming in and saying something. But because they know, you know, they've read Joseph Campbell, they know about like in, in, emotional investment and character arcs. The other character will have like a, an almost totally manufactured emotional reaction to that, like what or oh thank God it's you or mm. whatever, and and then the scene will end. Like they'll, they'll, someone comes in with some expositional information, another person will respond with some sort of emotional line, whether that feels earned or not, yeah. and then it'll be the next scene where the same thing will then happen again. Also, this film looks like shit. Now that's interesting. I, mm. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I really enjoyed bits of it. I think 
Uh, I don't think that it's very well directed in terms of, certainly not in terms of storytelling. Like, having seen Last Jedi not that long ago, the 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 sort of moment-to-moment storytelling is so strong. I think that's something Ryan Johnson's great at. Yeah. And in this, I mean, again, I think it's just because I imagine the first cut of this film was five hours long, and mm. they've just had to somehow get it down to a, a lean two and a half hours. Well, also, he had, like, six months to do it. Right, did he? Oh, so yeah, that was he kept, took over changed. from Colin Trevorrow, who was fired. Yeah. Oh, now this is another important thing about this film. Hmm. Um, it's been teased in previous Star Wars smirches that um, you you know a bit about the the Colin Trevorrow script, mm. and uh, we were going to save that till I've now seen Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Well, John, hmm. I've seen it. I was disappointed. <laughs> Tell me about Colin Trevorrow. Well, it would have ultimately been bad because Colin Trevorrow, I think, largely is bad. Mm. Um, but the idea was more of um, it was more fully formed. It was yep. uh, Kylo Ren was going off to see basically like the bad Yoda like a big fat Spider-Man who is like not okay. Spider-Man isn't the Marvel hero although no, you know no, they're no. both owned by Disney so it could have been him true uh, but he was gonna he was basically gonna have his Yoda scenes from Empire Strikes Back but with a bad Yoda so do his training which again mm. was mentioned in a previous film and never happened yeah but the whole time he's doing it he's being haunted by Luke's ghost so that's quite interesting a sort of oh, Hamlet-esque nice, yeah. thing that's a lot more interesting than having Ray be attached to Luke's ghost having Luke there to taunt him is, is really nice that's a nice idea yeah and Ray was going to be very close to the other resistance people and she would be wearing Luke's suit from Return of the Jedi essentially like this black suit and her mm. her big staff that she has in the first two films is now like a double ended lightsaber type deal and like Darth Maul yeah like Darth Maul and there's also this undercurrent of resistance becoming more of a wider thing so the a bit like in the Andor series that's just been on right there's a growing sense of galaxy you know galaxy rebellion and Getting there's a off, whole yeah. there's a whole sequence in it that i've seen storyboarded where they were doing the empire were doing like not the, sorry the first order we're doing like um, <laughs> how could you make that mistake oh they're completely different entities they're doing executions with these like la- lightsaber guillotines oh uh and then in the end there's this storyboard i've seen where finn is leading ex stormtroopers an idea they borrowed for this film Yep. against the first order but they've well they didn't really they no. don't really do that no, they, they 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 ex- they expose it in some dialogue and then Finn has an emotional reaction line and then the scene changes but it's more of a kind of they've they've got old scout troopers from the old films and have got you know it's more of a re- proper rebellion thing fighting yeah, in the yeah. streets and stuff and i think there's something so interesting about that as well where um it, it would be we talked about this in, I think, in Force Awakens. It would be so much more interesting to say, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting well ahead of ourselves here, but, mm. like, at the end, it, it, they magic up a sort of resistance because they go, oh, that's an unresolved sort of theme of the oh, movies, isn't it, shit? That. We better yeah. do that last minute. And and it would have been so much more interesting to focus more on the idea that turning the troopers against the Empire is such a key bit of overthrowing it, right? Mm. It would be so much more interesting if you had some of those, like, five bajillion, so many millions of squillions of Star Destroyers yeah. just, like, start turning against each other because they, re- you know, because they've been, you know, maybe slowly over time, you know, some of the rebel ranks have, have started to in- infect the other platoons of Stormtroopers, something like that. That would be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, what I'd have done is I'd have gone back and I'd have watched, like, the last episode of World at War. Yes. Which is, the, let's be honest, that's the only episode we all watch because that's when it all starts falling apart. <laughs> and just sort of copy some of the narratives from the, how the World War Two ended and things like that and just make it yeah. this, this sort of, you know, this thing is collapsing from within and go with that. But in this, they've just, oh, well, let's get into it because... Palpatine in his bunker. Palpatine is in his bunker. How has this been allowed to happen? The bloody Jedi have come back. <laughs> I blame th- all of you and not myself. Doing Bang. a live, live reworking of the downfall parody. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, well, you know, at least that would be interesting. Mm. But he is basically hiding in a bunker, being held up by a big pole, and he tells them, I am every voice. Finger. Yeah, I, I, am, I have been every voice inside your head. And he talks like James L. Jones. And then we see... I, I just think it's hilarious that we see this big tube full of dead snokes. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and if you look closely, I think you can see a Ripley in there as well. Oh, There's of course, a yeah, the, the spent one, Ripley. Yeah. The one that's like half a whale. Yeah, yeah. Kill me! Yeah. I don't want to be in this film. Uh, <laughs> why would you put me in this shit film? Yeah. I'd like to know what what was wrong with those snokes. If they like, came out perfect and then were like, they, they talked like... I don't they know, just were a drag. Way. Yeah. By who? Joe Pasquale. <laughs> like Joe Pasquale. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, the Sith will rise again. And it's like, oh, this isn't very menacing. Bullet in the head. To get, get, yeah, that one's gone. Get the one that sounds like Andy Serkis. He'll do. Yeah, yeah. Andy, um, Billy 
thingy circus, Billy Smart Circus. Billy Smart Circus. Yeah. Like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Get the one that sounds like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah. Uh, so he's, yeah, compelling. he's so, compelling. So he is. So Palpatine said, you know, basically, I've been here all the time, even though no one's mentioned me, and I died at the end of Return of the Jedi. You might not think I've been set up, but no, honestly, I have. You might think that I've just been brought in because no one was happy with how Ryan Johnson had left the story narratively, but here I am. You, and and then, given the opportunity to totally reinvent the third film, J.J. Abrams had no ideas. No, he basically just checked Reddit and was like, oh. I'll read that thread of all those blokes who wanted to crowdfund remaking episode eight to something they wanted it to be. Yeah, and, and they'll just and he's gonna take the um uh, idea of, of me coming back. But he didn't that's not what happened. This was planned from the beginning. Because uh, when 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 the first trailer came out, I was I was mildly interested and then at the end you had Palpatine laughing and I thought, Oh, it's probably gonna be like a hologram or something. Or but a no, for, no, Sith Force ghost. Sith I mean Force actually ghost. if you're doing mm. If you're doing, um, uh, you know, Sith training, having Palpatine's Force ghosts, you know, maybe a red ghost, that would yeah, be cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Turning up, yeah. would um, uh, might look quite pink, actually, if it's semi-translucent. That's even funkier, yeah. Because he's been put in the wash with a white sock. Yeah. <laughs> Stop making fun of me. Stop making fun of me. He does gain a lovely red velvet pyjama top later in the movie. So that's uh, thematically accurate. Don't know where that comes from. Uh, no, it, it's no. it's part of the magic life energy. Gives you a very saucy sort of uh, evening gown <laughs> as well as restoring your body. I mean, this is. I mean, I remember well watching this in the cinema. This bit, I'm thinking already. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, and then well, he says, yeah. "And here's the final order." And he unleashes yeah. this uh, these ships that have been hiding under the ice. Or like just sunk. It looked like they just oh. came out of the ocean, right? I mean, and I was literally at that point. I was thinking, shall I just leave? Because this isn't going to go well, is it? I mean, well, it doesn't bode well, does it? No. no. And also, like, it, it's that strange thing of like going right. So this in the opening crawl. Here, here's what this film's about now. What? Sorry, what about all that other stuff from before? Yeah. Don't worry about that. And then the opening sort of basically mute, you know, almost silent opening titles. You know, the first few minutes. They're they're just there to to tell you. No, no, you thought this mm. is where this was going, but here's where everybody is now and what they're up to, and here's Kylo Ren going to find Palpatine, and uh, and, all, and and it's very disorientating. I found it very disorientating. Yeah, because like, I I just kept being introduced to either you know very old characters like Palpatine or like new characters, you know, or, or sort of old characters that have already come back like Leia and and, and just being shown them in different places, but not mm. being told why they're there or like what the stakes are for them currently, because yeah. you leave on such a sort of defined moment of like this last straggly kind of band <laughs> of resistance at the end of Last Jedi. Yes. And like whatever your beefs with Last Jedi, like there's nothing wrong with that as a place to sort of leave them. No. You know, emboldened but diminished in number. And then start from that point. Like what would be wrong with that? Even if you do want to do this crap of why would you? But if you did oh. want to bring back Palpatine, you can still do that and show us how we've got to where we are. But it just feels like being... It feels like you've missed a, a few episodes in the middle of the series. And mm. gone, what? Where are we? Yes, and I'm pretty sure that Trevelo's script had Kylo Ren as the proper supreme leader. Yeah. And there wasn't an emperor or anything like that. Yeah. So why they've done this, I don't know. Because I think Star Wars fans are so programmed to think, well, there's there's a Darth Vader and there's an emperor. That's the way it works. Yeah. But yeah. Just, as you say, he leaves the Last Order with... I'm oh, sorry, he leaves the Last Jedi with here's a, as a new direction... And we've just done a complete U-turn on it. It's like bloody mm. Liz, Liz Truss and Quasi Kotang. It's like it. bloody Liz Truss and Quasi Kotang made this film. Uh, uh, you know? Uh, uh, I mean, imagine it, if they it did. Actually it actually is, though. I mean, it's uh, our, our budget for Rise of Skywalker is forty squillion pounds. Well, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's in the office. She's like, uh, Liz, that's uh, kind of bankrupted the entire company. And, you know, this is the most powerful media entity on the planet. And, and now it's completely uh, bankrupt. She says, I am offering my resignation as leader of the Disney Corporation. Oh. Okay. That's my scene. That's how I imagine it going. That's anyway. great. I'm just trying to think who they get to replace her. Like maybe, maybe bloody Rishi Sunak. Who's a big Star Wars fan, it turns out, because oh, apparently he's never understood those films. Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah. Mm. Rich Sunak, big, uh, he likes Coca-Cola and Star Wars and those are the two things that he pretends make up a personality Oh and football now as well because the World Cup's on Oh uh, yeah Gosh I, I bloody love it when someone does a goal kick with a football Wow Wow Imagine <laughs> Three lions God, you know on my I love... <laughs> night shirt 
I love Star Wars. It's my favourite of all the films. God, it's such a sad, brave, tragic ending when that nice old man in the robe gets thrown down that pit. <laughs> he just wanted to bring a sense of order to the galaxy. And, God, these bloody upstarts with their food banks come in and throw him down a big pit. Tragedy. Mm. I love Star Wars, I do. Well, thanks for that, Rishi. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm. Um, so Palpatine says to Kylo, um, you've got to go and kill the scavenger, meaning Ray." And then he says, and yep. also, she's not who she thinks she is. Bum, bum, yep. bum, bum, bum. Mean, Another disappointing plot twist. Uh, well, well, I need to get into that later because there's a revelation later on that makes no sense. Okay. Uh, and I can't wait to get there. So, Poe Dameron and Finn yep. are... Not boyfriends. Not boyfriends. They, they don't are even absolutely like each other boyfriends. that much. They definitely are. What the fuck? They are. It would be so much better if they I remember were them well. teasing this film saying, uh, oh, well, there's going to be a, a gay kiss in this film. Yeah. And, and you go, yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's two ladies right in the thought, background where you can't even see them. One of them's the woman with the brilliant face yeah. uh, who's been in all of these so far, and mm. the other one is, I think, a character we've never seen. So never that's seen. not. Uh... <laughs> well, also, I She's mean, I was going to wait until then to get. <laughs> <laughs> Lesbi Avenue, that's her oh, name. Perfect. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a Star Wars name. I was going to wait till then to get to this, but I mean, mm. what better example of this sort of uh, ostensibly progressive era of like Disney filmmaking and like franchise, super franchise exploitation than a lesbian kiss that is so heavily trailed in the West, mm. but so completely unimportant that they can remove it for the Chinese market, exactly. which they then did. It just to demonstrate that they have absolutely no moral fortitude at all. No. I mean, anyway. go, going back to the John Boyega being made very small on the Chinese posters for the Force Yeah, God, it was taken off, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, no, I think he was he was either taken off or made like so small you couldn't really see him. Properly. He's basically a silhouette, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the silhouettes of uh, Luke and Darth Vader fighting on the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's John yeah. Boyega. Where? Yeah. That that guy in the back. You see that little speck there between those two stars? That's actually John Boyega. I mean, he might as well be in this film. He's, he doesn't he has nothing to do. No, they even introduce a whole new character just to give him something to do. And he he, do he's like either. in Grange Hill when a beloved character goes to sixth form and you're like, oh, I'm not interested in him anymore. <laughs> I, I, the writers are like, oh, he can be at start a radio station or something. I yeah. Know, don't care about yeah. him anymore. No, exactly. Well, they made a better decision in Press Gang where they, you know, for mm-hmm. the fourth series, they decided, and a third series, they went, well, they will have all left school now, so we'll just have them be running it as a commercial enterprise. There you go. And you go, good. Better than just losing Linda Day and Spike and all our friends. Oh, that would have been terrible. If they'd just all gone, yeah, I mean, you just have Tiddler. And she's good, but yeah. you know, she's not going to carry the whole show, is oh, she? Oh, absolutely not. Well, one of no. Press Gang's just been an Andor, of course. Oh, really? Who's in... Uh, oh, is it uh, Colin? Not Colin, the other one. Oh, yeah, Kenny. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is Lee Ross. Yes, him. Yeah. Lee Ross, he's great. Oh, and I mean, uh, Genuinely... I mean, I've said this before on these podcasts so many times, and I worry I'm a complete drag, but I've mm. lost so much interest in anything vaguely Star Wars related now. Mm. Same as Marvel movies, just couldn't give a shit, really. I was and the same, and I watched the first three episodes of Andor, and I was like, oh, fucking hell, that was boring. And right. then it just suddenly clicks, and then it's like, gripping. Oh, oh, okay. But now, now that, but mostly the knowledge that Kenny's in it, mm. makes me want to watch it. Yeah, and it's got Stellan Skarsgård, who is mm. wonderful. Mm. But we're doing it again. We're not talking about the film. Sorry, getting moved. <clears throat> talking about a more interesting Star Wars product, even. Yeah. So uh, Poe po and Finn get deliverance from a ca- get deliverance get intelligence from a cow man. <laughs> yeah, from a cow, like, I like the cow man. Win yeah. the war for us, mate. Yeah, yeah. And they learn that, that, that they learn that Palpatine is on Exegol from this intelligence because there's a spy in the first order giving them information. Well, he says something like, isn't it Poe Dameron says something like, the Emperor and his fleet have been hiding in the unknown regions on a world called Testicle, I think, is what he says. Well, he says uh, the best line in all of Star Wars ever. In fact, any film. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio, who wrote this film, were yeah. sitting around going, how are we going to get the Resistance to find out? Well, they could get information from a spy, great. But how are we going to relay that information? And then Terrio goes, I'm imagining it's Terrio, because he's shit. Yep. What, okay. if, what if one character goes, somehow Palpatine has returned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a, a, a something which um, uh, uh, my oldest friend, Toby Wilson, oh. uh, animation writer, uh, shout out to Toby Wilson, hmm. said when he saw it, he said, the the most telling moment in the entire film is when a character, you know, he, Oscar Isaac's eyes are dead as he says it as mm. well, as if he knows how bad it is. Yeah. And he just goes, somehow mm. Palpatine returns. And no one at that point goes, how? Yeah, no. Or speculates. Maybe he was hiding. Or, and everyone or just it, goes there. Okay. Or even goes, who? 
<laughs> yeah, it's been 40 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, it's in ages. And like, he also was quite a shadowy figure. I mean, he was called the Emperor, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you mm-hmm. don't get the impression that he was on banners no. going, join the Empire, become a stormtrooper, Emperor Palpatine salutes you. Darth Vader was the public face, right? Oh, of course. And he had a cooler He had a cooler face. Palpatine looked like a Emperor sort of Emperor ain't selling no fucking lunchboxes, is he? No, no, exactly. Mm. You're not going to buy... <laughs> oh, this is my Supreme Leader Snoke lunchbox. Yeah, put it away. It's got a man with a fucked up face. I on. don't want to look at it. Put it away. <laughs> put it away. <laughs> Spunk. <laughs> I mean, the way he says somehow Palpatine is returning, he might as well be saying somehow Leo Sayer is number one. <laughs> Everyone's just like, don't yeah. care. Don't All right. Care. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and we get the uh, lad from Lord of the Rings is now in this. Dominic Monaghan, whatever he's called. Somehow Jive Bunny returned. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Dominic Monaghan's in it as well. Yeah, he's he's a, was he a Hobbit? He was a Hobbit, but he's been he brought into this film to stand in front of Rose as much as possible, so if all the just to obscure her slightly. Her. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's about three or four new unnecessary characters that are just there to sort of obscure Rose Tico, like the big penis man. Big penis man, he's there. Uh, who he, Dominic Monaghan? He has his lesbian kiss with uh, <laughs> the big penis man at the end. I think he sits on top of him and goes up and down. Yeah, that's right, which is yeah. kissing in that world. It's kissing in the sort of penis man's world. Rubbing his balls on his <laughs> forehead balls or whatever. That's that's kissing in that culture. He's from that planet. He's adopted He's, <laughs> he's adopted, adopted by a yeah. penis family, and now that's his I oldest friend. I think he's called Claude as well, the penis man. But Claude? Claude the penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's Bin Bongo, and here's uh, Aberrant uh, Boofer, and there's Claude. Claude. Yeah, he's he's, he's a distant relative of Wicked Willie. And uh, that guy that looks like sort of Satan, but with an eagle's wings and an elephant's trunk. What's his name? Steve. Steve. Right. Okay. So this is welcome to Star Wars. This is, is Steve. Is he on our side or is he on their side? Why do you say Doesn't that? Doesn't matter in this film, really. He Just like, like wait and see. Really. He looks like a devil. He looks like the devil. Well, I mean, you know, who knows? In uh, in this film, could be anything. Is he a traitor? Sure. Why not? Probably. Has he turned good again? Yeah. Does it matter? Do I care? No, no I don't. No, not at all. Yeah, there's a bit where they're jumping, you know, between... There's also mm. a lot of... I mean, God, uh, the Cross-talking. Films... What? Cross-talking. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Mm. Uh, there's, there's... Of all this film's sort of cardinal sins, I think the worst is messing with the basic rules of Star Wars universe yeah. in a way that just sort of spoils things or it, it opens too many questions that then essentially mean you can't ever do Star Wars in the same way again. Like, mm. for example, hyper-jumping on two planets like and yeah. you go you'd be pulped yeah you know, the, the idea that you can sort of laser focus like come out of hyperspace exactly about 40 feet off of a planet you go they can't i mean then like there's there's a sense of like weight and rules to these things like you know the mm. reason that the whole low maneuver thing works uh more on that later mm. is because you because it's dangerous and you know that you know these these things are sort of almost unpredictable and you know these engines are you know they only work like our engines they've got limitations and rules but yeah oscar isaac like jumps through dune like a like he's on a little bike skipping over stones. Like there's no, it doesn't. There's no limitations or rules anymore. Also, there's a, quite a few scenes in the original trilogy in the Millennium Falcon itself where they're like, we have to put this through the Nava computer, otherwise we'll, otherwise we'll come out into a star and get destroyed. Yeah, yeah, we'll materialize halfway through a planet and get crushed or whatever. <coughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. bobbins. Yeah, rubbish. But at least Somehow, Claude's there. Somehow Palpatine returns. Somehow Claude. Our favourite character, character Claude, film. is there. Yeah, yeah, Claude is there. Somehow, Claude is here They now. should have had him in all the posters. I, I wish Claude was sort of... What I'd love is if they kept referring to Claude like he's actually the best dude ever in yes. existence and yes. you never see him do anything. <laughs> but you get like, oh, Claude, this guy, this guy one-handedly like took down an entire interior Imperial platoon on Jakku. <laughs> Did you see it? It was incredible. And like in the background of loads of shots, you see Claude like painted like a Soviet poster yeah. as an emblem of the resistance. And, and the lunchboxes as well. Everyone's yeah. got their Claude lunchbox. Everyone's first Claude question is, how is Claude? How's Claude doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Claude, man, he's the hero we all we all need, Palpatine's but not like, the hero we deserve. You must kill the scavenger and Claude. Go, tell you what, get, get rid of Claude while you're at it. That guy's really a thorn in my side. <laughs> uh, uh, this feels like the plot of a Star Wars spin-off video game between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Yeah, uh, I, I thought, and that's a note that I made because it's <sighs> like the idea that you're dealing with this old, sort of half-formed, returned villain. Mm. Yeah, it feels like you're playing Star Wars Dark Forces or something, and, yeah. and like they've got a kind of semi-Palpatine 
as 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 the villain and you go it's 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 a good enough plot for that because you go great it means i can sort of relive star wars adventures but mm. for a further for the conclusion of the skywalker saga yeah. as it's now known it's just completely weak it does it's it's so half-assed so, and palpatine's so such a boring shit character in this film yeah he is. he's so uninteresting mm. he just sits in a cave anyway sorry he does, sits in a cave, uh, and then says, go and kill me, that's what I want. Mm. And then he goes, no, actually, no, I don't want you to kill me. And then she kills him, and he goes, oh, no, I've been killed. The end. Mm. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Anyway, that's the film over. Thanks, John. No uh, lovely talking yeah, to you. Yeah. Have a great... Make sure to put the Crowley Time plug in there, would you? Because oh, yeah, Also, great, uh, we have, I've got a, two pages about Claude. No, oh, okay. Well, mm. well, we'll get through the Claude stuff. And Claude, then we'll, a Star we'll Wars story, my new series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, please. Mm. I'd love that. Only if you wrote it, though. And when Claude gets excited. turns I, up and his I'd have it when, Yeah, exactly. And when Claude gets excited, just a little, little spunky bloop, bloop out of his head. <laughs> just goes on the wall. Yep. Uh, okay, so we, we've, around this point, we've met um, the Minion's Nan again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maz Kanata, little pickled Minion. Oh, God. I, I mean, Rose Tico turns up and says, who wants a cup of coffee? And then someone like, shoves her out of a doorway uh, and, and says, Dominic Monaghan never mind walks that, in front idiot. of her and is like, hey, who wants some coffee? Hey, Claude comes in and everyone goes, yeah. we love Claude. God, who was that other person talking? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Claude. Push her Great. down the stairs. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. And yeah. they like make Kelly Tran turn up on that day to film that. I feel really sorry for her in this film, though. She's it's, really it's, done dirty. It's it's so awful. I mm. think we should keep going through the film because I think all these things are going to come up later. Mm. And I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. No, no, cool. <laughs> 
Why you could have? I mean, sad though it is, and it might have meant reshooting. I mean, and if they shot it in six months, they wouldn't have had time. But mm. you just go have have Leia die heroically in some at the start of this film. Yeah, or have the start of the film be like her funeral. It's like oh, the Leia died. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more exciting than Palpatine coming back. But, yeah, and, you know. yeah, and also it gives them a sense of purpose, doesn't it? We'll do this for That's later. Right. I know they try and introduce that later, but it's done so badly. But we yeah. have to get there. Hey, we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so <clears throat> World Called Testicle. Uh, Ray's Rose doing Tico her getting training. getting pushed down the stairs. Yeah, yeah Ray's doing her training, yeah. Uh, they find out from the, the spy that they need to get to a planet called Exegol. And yeah, Ray remembers yeah. in, in one of the Jedi, secret Jedi texts, yeah, um, yeah. that Luke's made a note of the, the, the Sith Wayfinder because J.J. J. Abrams yep. loves uh, fucking... Maps, endless maps. I was so excited that there mm. were some more maps because mm. you love maps, John. Any plot that revolves it. around finding a map, you are so into that, aren't Honestly, you, if I remember correctly? The J.J. Abrams films I can think of is The Force Awakens where they have to get the map. Yep. And I'm thinking in Mission Impossible 3, there's something called the, 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 the bunny, the rabbit foot. That he has sure. to get, and this yep. is the wayfinder. It's like, for fuck's sake, yeah, it's just MacGuffins. Just yeah. stop it. It's very like template filmmaking, isn't it? It's mm. like, okay, here's my tracing paper, and <laughs> let's let's get film structure out and just draw over all those bits with slightly different things. Um, the wayfinder. Oh, so Ray, Ray Finn, Poe, Chewbacca, BB-8, and C-3PO go in the Millennium Falcon to a planet called Pasana to find a hidden clue. And, Ray's um, gap here, yeah, going to a sort of local festival. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's very. It, it feels like um, a, a gap year student doing some, you know, marveling at some adorable natives, isn't mm. it? And it's like, and I, this made me think about again, sort of trying mm. to handle progressive ideas, but in a kind of corporate American way. Mm. And it's like they're going, look at these these brave comical natives, mm. and and there's so much of the film already. Like again, I think until the very end, when I've got a few exceptions to this. Every character feels like they're it's it, they've not lived up to any of their potential. Yeah, every single and I and you almost want to include Last Jedi in that as well. Oh, you absolutely. Just go, yeah, there's no none of them has proved to be particularly exciting. Mm. And crucially, the most criminal thing is you don't feel like any of them actually have a relationship or a dynamic. Like no. Poe and Finn have screen chemistry, but you don't get the feeling they've spent any time together. No, they're never reminiscing about you know bombing runs they did between movies or like oh when you got me out of that scrape on so and so yeah mm. well you saved my ass in whatever like. We're just being told what everyone's relationships are. And the only people I feel like I believe have any sort of an actual dynamic between them as characters are Ray and Kylo Ren mm. and Ray and Luke Skywalker. Yes, absolutely. And those those two we've seen we've been shown, we've lived in them developing a relationship, and mm. that's why that feels truthful. But the rest of the time it's just like a guy walks in and someone else says Hey, you're my friend, or hey, I hate you, and you go, sure, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't feel anything about these characters. I don't feel like any of them have had recognizable character traits or recognizable relationships because you know they've been so busy establishing lore that they've skipped over actually telling us any stories. And I think Last Jedi is the least bad offender for that, and yeah. that's why I believe in Ray and Luke having a a relationship and differences of opinion and affection for each other, but mm. not really anyone else. And yeah. like, not even not even the the famous bromance of Finn and Poe. Like I think one reason it seems like they are boyfriends is because all you get off them is like love at first sight <laughs> because you hugging. don't see their relationship develop yeah mm. yeah and further to that you actually get a scene here where Rose is like can I come with you and they go no no fuck off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get fucked mate yeah. <laughs> all the lads on reddit don't like you so you have to stay yeah there. yeah yeah, uh, a, a gaggle of about 200 incels don't mm. like you mm. so I've decided the best thing to do is to immediately capitulate to their opinions yeah yeah very very yeah. clever very very smart um, and, what, and, and talking of which the next yeah. scene we have Kylo Ren, re Kylo Ren rebuilding his mask that he smashed That's in right. the last one. No, I didn't realise I was repairing my helmet with strawberry fondant <laughs> and I don't want any comments made about it, thank you. And he took it to a chimpanzee. That's right, I love the chimp blacksmith. I like the chimp blacksmith, yeah. I, The Knights of Ren and all that, fuck that, let's have oh. the chimps of Ren. I'd love that. You if he had like, hmm. if if Kylo Ren had an army of like five, a squad of five chimps in like cool armor, that would be fine That'd by be me. Amazing. That'd be much better. Space but you, chimps. But you talk about you know potential and characters not fulfilling their potential. Yeah. Knights of Ren were built up in the first one to be this big deal. Yeah. And he, JJ obviously likes them because Ryan Johnson was like, no, nah, I'm not having that, and they weren't in the last one at all. Yeah. JJ brought them in this one, and they do nothing. It's very. The thing is. There are things that J.J. Abrams goes back on that Ryan Johnson did. Mm. 
where he then realizes, obviously, like you know, because I imagine he's writing the script like as they're shooting the film, because mm. you know that's the only way to explain some of this stuff. Yeah, uh, and and he suddenly goes, oh, actually, that thing that I've retconned out of the movie is is quite helpful. Actually, I'll I'll write a different thing back in. So now there's an uncomfortable mirror thing, <laughs> you mm. know. Where, where like, oh, oh, okay, we didn't have the Knights of Ren, we had the elite squad of the Imperial Guard or whatever. Oh, oh, and I don't want them anymore. So oh, okay, we'll we'll write the Knights of Ren back in. And it, it, there's so much of that, and yeah. so many of the things he's brought back. Going, why did you get rid of that? That was great. It's like mm. he brings them back and immediately realizes, oh, they've got no potential whatsoever. No, no, they do nothing, and it's, it's annoying nothing, because. Yeah. In in the first one, you're like, oh, okay, so this is kind of I understand his backstory slightly because I think I think Lawrence Kasdan had something to do with the first one, you know, a competent writer. Yeah, um, it's also good press, right? It's like when mm. John Carpenter kind of he did the score and he supervised on Halloween, mm. the reboot, and and that and it was it was really good. I really liked that Halloween movie. Yeah, because Lawrence um, Kasdan, what he did in the first one was he walked in the writers' room, turned round and just went, <laughs> and, then walked, and then walked out. <laughs> Wafted it in the room and yeah. said, you know, suck on that, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks for the 10 grand, lads. Yeah, bye. Probably yeah. more than that, probably 10 million. Oh, God, yeah, imagine. Yeah. It'd be all right by me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd go fart in a writer's room for 10 million pounds. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll have a new series of Balls of Steel. Okay, great. Where you spend years trying to get into the biggest writing room in England. I spend years disguising myself as Lawrence Castan, yeah. studying his movements, the most the most method performance ever conceived. Mm, mm. And I go into uh, the new Star Wars TV series writer's room. <laughs> So, hey, it's me, Lawrence Castan. <laughs> Thanks for the 10 million. And off I go. Yeah. Oh, you were eating beans all day yesterday. I understand why now. <laughs> I'll be honest. I wasn't researching Lawrence Castan. I've just been eating beans for the last 10 years. I'm not And that's why well. the, the supreme fruity bottom pop that just came out <laughs> was so absolutely lumptious. And, and then it landed on a page and they went, Palpatine's returned. <laughs> <laughs> Genius! Thanks, Lawrence. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? I think that's probably what happened. Uh, so, <clears throat> Kylo Ren comes storming in with these Knights of Ren, and as you know, they're the Knights of Ren because they walk past and one stormtrooper says to another, "Knights of Ren." Yeah, Thanks, they do mate. because you've forgotten about them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he uh, puts down the cowman's head on the table. Yeah, because there's, there's a spy among us. Yep. And Richard E. Grant, who's now in it, yep. goes, oh dear. Do you remember when it was around the time Richard E. Grant was getting into Twitter or Instagram videos? Mm-hmm. And I really love him. He seems like a really nice, earnest man. Yes. And, like, I, and I love him as an actor as well. Yeah. But like he's he's so earnest. And like mm. around the time that I knew other people who were seeing Rise of Skywalker and saying, mate, this is absolute garbage. Yeah. He he released a video of him like having just come back from the premiere, sat in his home going, well, I've just uh, been to see the film and, oh, Wow. What a what an incredible piece of work they've they've put together. Mm, it's really, I, it well. I really hope you can see it. Mm. And and it, it is as though he's never seen a science fiction film before. Yes, <laughs> and he's so sort of awestruck. Like wow, there were laser swords and ships in space. Can you imagine such a thing? And you go like, no, it's not good, Richard. No, like it's, you it's... you could be in another sci-fi film. And it might be really good. Yeah, he's a go Grant. for another he's one. Try another one. He's Richard. He's Grant. <laughs> Sorry to try that out. <laughs> I remember he used to do videos and he'd be like, a lovely day in the garden. And then he'd just turn to the camera and go, <laughs> on every video, he'd just do this big laugh. Obviously, not so much these days because he's a very sad man for good reason. Yeah, well, quite. Quite. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. I do remember him going, I've just, it's like he's been in a Fellini film. I've just been yeah. in this extraordinary space and adventure. My goodness. Ah, can you envision such an incredible adventure as this? The hairy oh. dog man was in a plane. <laughs> I, and then, uh, the so moved was I when Greg Grunberg off Heroes got killed, uh, playing the character Boff Trinko. <laughs> and uh, when Boff bought it in the raid, I, oh, I was, like, he just reads as the most easy to impress man in yeah. the history of the world. Well, good for I him. don't think he's ever seen a sci-fi film before. That's no. my prediction. He's only, he's only ever seen With Mel and I and Shakespeare. And that and one so he, he directed like, himself, oh. that is childhood. Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Which I, I want to see actually. Now that I have I've seen it. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's quite good. Fun. Well, we, I wish we'd watched that instead of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway. And when he was on Shooting Stars and he said he was from Swaziland and they all laughed and said, "You mean Switzerland?" <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's good. I like That's that good. bit. Um, I also like the bit when there's a lad from Skins on on Shooting Stars, and uh, it's it's like one of those moments when there's a really good gag in the first sort of two seconds of a show, and you go, "Ah, uh, we're all we're all safe here. Mm. We can have a good time." When uh, Bob Mortimer turns to this this I can't remember his name. It's one of those you know pretty kids off Skins, mm. and he says uh, he says, "Right, uh, Steve, you're in Skins. I've not seen it. It's about potatoes," and it's just. <laughs> God, like we're, we're, we're all right. We're going to have a good half hour here. It's the opposite of uh, the opening five minutes of The Rise of Skywalker, actually, oh, to bring it back to the theme. Where you know you're in trouble. Yeah. You know you're not going to have a good time oh. for the next three, four hours or whatever. We also get another is. moment here of Kylo Ren displaying a feat of force powers that would be handy at any other point in his career. Where he literally yeah, what, lifts a man off of the table up to the ceiling yeah. yep. with the force and mm. says, we've got to find who the spy is and kill Ray. Yep. And I'm like, there's many times in this film that it would have been useful if you, if you did that to somebody. Yeah, yeah. But you chose that very, one Very man. inconsistent levels of power. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like, you know, because, I mean, loyal Pod listeners will know that the, the Snake Boy uh, posse have, mm. have listened to many Harry Potter, uh, fil- watched many Harry Potter films yes. and talked about them. And and the you know each of those children has a device in their pocket at all times with the power of like both Jesus and a nuclear bomb, mm. and it makes it very difficult, I think, to sort of keep consistent stakes and and all that. Like any of them knows that they could kill somebody with a thought and two words, yes. and that's it's difficult to kind of keep a consistent world with with you know r- manageable <laughs> levels of power it, when that is the case. And mm. similarly, this film falls into a well, it, it takes a system that has worked a lot previously and just sort of slightly messes it up well yeah i mean i mean in return of the jedi luke's like fully formed as a jedi and he's able yeah. to do bits and pieces but again with him there's many times where he could use them yeah that's true <laughs> but at least he does practically use them he lifts yeah, he up does, C-3PO yeah. and all that business but in this and re- from the yeah. rancor beast and all that mm. you know saving himself and all these yeah. things that's all relevant um see yeah. if 3po does some translating uh, around this point uh, i believe which was nice i enjoyed that yes yes and um they, yeah, he speaks to the little natives on Pasana who asks Ray what her name is. And yeah. she says to him, she says to her, what's your name? And he says, what's your family name? And then Ray goes, I have no family. I have no family. A bit like when uh, Rodney uh, uh, accidentally applies for his own job and says, oh, no, I haven't got a brother. <laughs> and he calls fans there. There's one for the kids. Yeah. And the, the little otter people. Yes, there's lots of people. They're mm. around. They're they're cute. I mean, mm. it is all very. Again, I mean, going back to a thought from earlier, like mm. I was l- looking at this, and again, a bit like the lesbian kiss that's just of no consequence, but mm. is is just you know playing to the pre- playing to the converted for pats on the back in the west, and then immediately cowering and removing it in the east. Like mm. you just go, there's there's no substance to it. And what I thought was like. There's two problems here. One is that all of the cool old characters we used to like have gone, mm-hmm. uh, except when Luke comes back later, and then things get a bit more fun for a bit. But um, most of these characters, they're so they're such sort of ciphers, like Ray yeah. and um, Poe and and Finn, that like you you don't really know what they're like or what their personalities are. You just know what their kind of destiny and what their theme yes. is. And those aren't characters. No, they're carrying so, heavy themes, but you don't care about them. No, exactly, because mm. they haven't got personalities, mm. and so you. And, and, you know, whereas Han, Luke, Leia, like if you were asked to write a page of dialogue between them, it would be a piece of piss because you mm. know exactly who they are. Mm. And you know, Ray, what would they talk about if the cameras went on them? I've no clue. You know, like, um, do do you like space chess? Yes, a bit. Okay, like it'd be like that. But similarly, without any of those old characters with more sort of bold character choices and you know more interesting character you know personalities, all they can do is stand around gawping at stuff and for talk over the whole each other. Movie. Yeah, for comedic pur- comedy purposes. Purposes. Oh yeah, there's just it's all that. Mm. Like at best, you'll get a kind of well, that just happened, you know, like mm. level witticism. But like, so with this sort of street festival thing, I I was thinking, I'm comparing it to like Indiana Jones in Morocco, in, not in Morocco, in Cairo. Yes. And uh, and and I was thinking to myself, people like uh, there's a lot to criticize, you know, and lots of things to unpack about, you know, Indiana Jones and its mm. portrayal of other cultures. But in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indy turns up. He's got friends in Cairo. It's not his world. You know it isn't. Mm. But he's got a defined relationship with it. He sits down, gets some, you know, grappa in a bar or whatever, 
and he's eating dates and like playing with this little chimp and stuff. And but he's got a relationship with it, so it makes the place he's in feel alive and real. Yes. Whereas this, you know, it does. It feels like somebody, you know, standing in front of uh, some starving kids on their Tinder profile to show how, you know, how compassionate they are. Mm. Like, there's no substance to it. There's no engagement with it emotionally. It's what? just. I think. I think it's weird that Indiana Jones feels like a more sensitive portrayal of 1930s guy. Yeah. Until you get to the next does. one, but we won't talk about that. Well, we won't talk about Temple no. of Doom. No, that's a whole separate. And it's a prequel, so that's that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. He's hmm. moved on since then. Yeah. Well, and it's a different what, country too. What Ray so. should have done here is when the little one's like, what's your family name? She should have kicked her fucking head off. Yeah, that's right. Just to sort of... And and hey, Ray's got so little of a defined personality, I believe she might do that. And she's a Palpatine, as we find out later. So that's, yeah, that's, that's right. It's Will Winner. <laughs> I think, I think Poe later on goes, yeah, I suspected there was something wrong when she kicked that adorable <laughs> baby walrus's head off and it flew across the street festival into a big tuba and then one of the space uh, walruses went and then the head flew out again and the blood and came it, out of the little pipes of the tuba and then and it and just then kept Ray coming turned. up and down that's right and Ray turned and looked at me and, and looked me dead in the eye and said I'm glad I did that that's really funny I, I knew there was something wrong really because that's when I thought she was alright um, so they're on Posada and then, then Kylo initiates another force bond with her which is pretty much Ryan Johnson by doing that clever idea in the last film has saved this film because without it this film's fucked oh absolutely because uh, it's the only way but they also then, out but things. then it goes too far yeah <laughs> which, true. it spoils that as well yes it does and Kylo says to Ray, I'm going to find you and I'm going to turn you to the dark side and you're going to show me your face Clean as the morning. I know things were bad, but now they're okay. Suddenly, Kylo is standing beside you. He does give me orders. He strangles some men. Oh, I love that. Suddenly, Kylo. Let's watch a little shop of horrors instead. Oh man, I wish. I mean, this is. Uh, there may be a clue for the listener in how engaged we are with the movie yeah. at this point. I'd like it if Kylo was talking to him. Was like, you, I know things about you, and oh, what the fuck is that head doing in that tuba? <laughs> <laughs> that appears to be. I, I think that's really funny. And Ray says, "Hey, me too." Yeah. Hey, we've got loads in common. Oh, I think maybe she's Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come round and watch Mrs. Brown's Boys with me? Uh, I love Mrs. Brown's Boys. I think it's really clever. That's what she says. Uh, Finn like, and Poe just looking at each other, tugging their collars. Uh oh. <laughs> so he goes to Pisana to find her, and then we yep. get the, the hilarious scene of uh, yep. they fly now. They fly now, yeah. I mean, J.J. Uh. Abrams is like bad. Bad half-assed comedy dialogue is it's like it's like sub Seinfeld now. Yeah, you know. Listen, I love Seinfeld, but you know when you mm. when you're just going in for the they fly now, they fly now. What's with the flying? Do you fly? I don't fly. Did you ever fly? Like when you're at that level, I think I think you, at that point you want to take another look at it. They should say they fly now, they fly now, they fly now, and then Chewbacca puts ten dollars down because he's just masturbated. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then uh, no, Elaine Chewy, comes in and says, that. Hello! How are you? La, la, la. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is a better movie. This is the thing. All That's these right. editions do make it better. I mean, if this film stopped and they sang Suddenly Seymour, fuck me, it's an Oscar. Oh, man. I mean, oh. the, the the this is the thing. It's taking big swings. I mean, you know, I would respect it. Sun be a Sith. <laughs> Sun be a Sith Lord. <laughs> you have a talent for causing things pain. I'm really just very It kicks an otter's head off. <laughs> great. And if it was, ah, uh, imagine if like you've you've got Kylo comes in with his strawberry fondant helmet, takes mm. it off, and mm. now without explanation he's being played by Steve Martin. Amazing. I would. Oh, I fucking love it. Then he does a banjo solo. Yeah, and all the Imperial Guard um, uh, officers around the table. Even the one on the ceiling from Monty Python style laughs. When I went to Alabama with a banjo on my knee. <laughs> yeah, the, the ceiling oh, as well. Imagine if they'd really just like completely not cared in this and just done little bits, sketches and stuff. Ah, oh, do you know what? Um, my uh, my fiance. This is actually really good continuity. I think there's a really lovely trace, uh, like a line you can trace between these Star Wars podcasts of our friendship developing, John. I think so. Uh, but also our lives sort of changing and moving on, mm. and mm. you know our increasing disappointment with the Star Wars films. Yeah. Because I'm I'm getting married next month. Oh, bless you. Uh, as as we're recording this, thank mm. you. So I, you know, if if this had if we'd recorded this later, I could have said my wife, which would have created a pleasing arc. Would you want me to paste it in a couple of months? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. My wife, mm. uh, <laughs> my wife to be, mm. uh, said when the new Top Gun Maverick film came out, they should have to do a new Hot Shots. Yes, like because it should be that every time a Top Gun film comes out, <laughs> you have to do Hot Shots. Except and, it would be uh, the opposite story of Maverick because Charlie Sheen looks like fucking shit now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not aged as uh, well. As no, and he's very ill as well, isn't he? So uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been a problem. I mean, you can always get a new uh, get a new uh, Topper Harley. You could. It would be a shame. It'd be a bit sad. Tom, be a... Tom, we're doing it again. We're not talking about Star Wars: oh, The sorry. Rise of Skywalker. But if they had done, mm. you know, Star Wars movie, mm. you know, like epic movie instead of Rise of Skywalker, oh, I I'd be well up for that. You know, I mean, it couldn't be any least, you know, less funny than any of no. those epic Star movies. Genuinely, I wish we'd watched superhero movie instead of Rise of Skywalker. Well, that is superhero movies where a door will open and go, "Hello, I am Iron Man." That is the joke, and then another That's door the joke, open yeah. and someone will go, "Hello, I am the Hulk." Yeah, and then I open a third door and it's Batman having a wank and he yeah. goes, oh, sorry, wrong movie, and yeah. shuts the door. Actually, that's too good. That's much <laughs> too good. good that would be rejected. <laughs> Batman opens the oh, door dear. and goes, oh, I shouldn't be in here. I should be in the room with all the DC heroes. And he walks in there. That's the joke. Yeah, and then they're all in there and they go, Batman. And then Hi, the Flash. Hi, Flash. I'm the Flash, he says. And everyone yeah. goes, ha, 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 ha. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, they fly now. They fly now. It's they still f- better than, than that. And she um, puts down another $10. A big thing that they do, mm. I think this is J.J. Abrams mimicking Star Wars. Well, I don't remember actually if this is a thing in Star Wars, in the you know the original trilogy, but there's this echoing dialogue thing of like never underestimate a droid, which to me feels like more something you would get in the prequels. Like mm. somebody just, but they, 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 they assume that that, and they do it later as well with the, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I've got the strength to do it. And you go, the echoes are really hokey because they're too yes. exact and complicated. Exact, yeah. Never underestimate a droid. What does that mean? Like, there's, it's not a running theme that Leia particularly is fond of droids, and it's not a thing that any other character doesn't trust them. Empire they Strikes Back. Any the theme of Empire that. Strikes Back is that everybody fucking hates C-3PO to the point that he gets completely <laughs> obliterated by a stormtrooper. Yeah. So no, that's not a consistent theme in the no, original no, it's films. not. No, but that echoing dialogue thing is that mm. something that happens a lot? Because I, I was thinking it sort of feels familiar, but I don't. But it's it's done really badly in this film, but and George I don't Lucas, remember if. Look, George yeah. Lucas famously says it has to be like a poem in rhyme. So that's they've literally thought we'll literally, do that literally. Yeah. Never underestimate a droid. I'm having a flare up with my hemorrhoid. Yeah. 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 So do it literally. Yeah. That's a good, good strategy. It's it would be better. It would still be better. This is the problem. We're we're being all like ha 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 and silly, but we are writing a better movie than yeah. than I've just watched. Definitely. Um, but they get discovered. Sorry, before all that, they fly yeah. now. They meet Lando Calrissian. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, he's there. And I, I was, I sort of thought, oh, thank God, a, a, an interesting old character has but come back. No. <laughs> the last one in the bucket. Uh, he hasn't yeah. though, has he? Because he's really boring. He's very boring in this, and it's good to like, see him. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely! I love mm. Billy D. Williams. He's, he looks a bit tired. I, he's very you know, tired. He's, I think he's having fun, but he's he just—it's not like having Harrison Ford back. You know, no. still you know running about and shooting stuff, and you know, it, it, he just sort of looks like. Oh, I, I sure. Thanks for asking. You know, he's not a well <laughs> man. I've, I've seen him. He he needs like two canes to get about. Oh, does he? Right. So, so that's why in this film he's always stationary. I don't yeah. mean he's like you know. Like a I mean it's note. it's a lot better than deep faking someone who's passed away. It's but, true. You know it's still, you know. But bless him, and it's nice to see him. But it mm. does almost feel like tick. There's another one. Well, he says, "Give Leia my love," and she says, "You can give it to yourself." And he's like, oh, "All right, yeah, okay. is that? Am I on? Is that good?" Yeah, I'm on. I'm on a promise. Am I? Is she up great. for it? Is she? Oh, is she? Know. Yeah, great. I've, I've, you should go. I've wanted to bang that bitch for forty years. <laughs> <laughs> Just like more, more of a black exploitation hero than he ever even was in the original. He's basically trilogy. black dynamite now. Yeah, <laughs> dynamite, dynamite. Oh, I love that film. I wish That's we could watch that. Fantastic. It's one of my favourite films of all time. I think it is. It's one of the best comedy films. I ever threw made. that shit before I came in the room. Uh, <laughs> no, John, back to Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll watch Black I'll take you back to Grimshaw Pete with his hot ass coat hangers. Would you like that? <laughs> if you don't talk about Rise of Skywalker. Anyway, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Euphoria, says Lando. Uh, God, I love that film. Shut the fuck up, Ray. <laughs> Shush, little girl. There's probably a lot of cats around here with that name. <laughs> a lot of dudes. Have that name. <laughs> my mama says my dad's called Lando Calrissian. <laughs> Sh- shut up, little girl. A lot of cats uh, have that name. What the hell is Ochi, uh, by the way? Because they uh, kept mentioning Ochi, and I didn't know what it was. He's uh, he's a bounty hunter, apparently. 
Oh, I thought it was and a planet. I don't know. No, he's a bounty hunter with the big goggles, and he kills right. Ray's parents, right. and can't find Ray because he's shipped. He's the his is the ship you see taking off in the yeah. Force Awakens when she's holding on to Simon Pegg, and he's going. I wish someone would get me, put me in a good film. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, actually really good. What the hell's going on? Uh, yeah. Am I though? It's been a long time <laughs> since I've been any good. Well, I wish I'd like the opportunity to prove it. You know, mm. that's uh, that conversation that happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much like Jerry the cat in that. I need Tom to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> what me? Well, no. Oh, Tom the. Tom Neenan. Oh, Tom the cat. Oh, Tom Neenan. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you um, know what? Now, I'll say this, and I mean mm, this. Mm. I think that if Tom Neenan had the chance to write, like, a film to showcase Simon Pegg, I think that would go really well and oh, might revitalise his would, career. It would go great. I'm, it, I'm, I'm the secret style wishing that into the universe now. No, that would be wonderful. I'm sure Tom Neenan would like that as well. Oh, he'd love that, yeah, absolutely. I bet he's all right. He's on the gravy train. He's on the old BBC <laughs> gravy train. Yeah. Well, the Dave comedy gravy train, you know. But he's it's a, a similar a, train. He's having a lovely time, and he'll be listening to this. So, hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. We love you, you know. We do. More than you'll ever know. More than you'll ever know. Um, so, yeah, Ochi was a, is a bounty hunter who had this mysterious dagger. <laughs> Again, more yes. bullshit. More bullshit. The strangest thing in the Star Wars universe, a knife that isn't made of lasers. What the fuck is... Well, yeah, exactly. Someone's watched The Goonies and gone, ah, we need this, this knife that matches up perfectly to a thing that might shift in this the water. This is the... Ah, uh, we've got the Wayfinder. This is the shit stabber. <laughs> And Ochi turn, takes his goggles off, and it's pop underneath, isn't oh, it? That's who amazing. Ochi was all along. Oh. Four, 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 four. <laughs> How many nights of Ren? How many nights of nine? Nine <laughs> nights of Ren. <laughs> Put some of those fucking chimps in the suit. They do a better job. Oh God, they be more excited. They fall into some sort of weird quicksand that doesn't. It's the weirdest quicksand because it doesn't sink and kill them. It makes them no. fall into a cave underneath. Yeah. It just just another sort of totally manufactured moment uh, of jeopardy. Well, to talking of which, because that's when Finn says, "Ray, there's something I've always needed to tell you." Yeah, and did, you know, did we ever find out what that is? No, no, no. Cool. Uh, Poe even asks him later, and he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll tell you later." He never does. Mm-hmm. Around this point, don't we have um, Ray slicing the wing off of Kylo Ren's uh, fighter, which is the no, first cool that's thing coming that's up. happened? That's coming oh, that's up. That's later, okay. That's coming up, so you and better, better get, get the party started. Anyway, when the, back, when the Knights of Ren turned up on that cliff edge, uh, mm. looking ponderous, I just thought, oh, here they come, the right Knights of Ren. Back streets, back. Like, all right! I mean, we are writing the most perfect Star Wars movie. I was expecting one of them to start playing the solo to November Rain. Because yeah. <laughs> there's a helicopter yeah. going right round them, isn't there? So. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be good. Slash ruining. Uh, that's the thing about November Rain that bothers me is Axel Rose's wedding, right, is ruined because it okay. rains. Yes. Someone falls through the cake. Slash right. is like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go outside and play my guitar. Yeah, and then um, between uh, just as Slash is doing that in um, on the desert planet, uh, then Brian May comes out and starts playing "God Save the Queen" on top of the castle. Yeah, on top of the castle. Yeah. You know, he directed the music video to "November Rain." Who? Ridley Scott. Really? Yeah. That's how he started, wasn't it? That's yeah. quite a sort of... That began a tradition. He did. And that then is hmm. quite nicely tying in uh, with uh, Alien 3, right? Hmm. Because, um, oh, what's his bloody name? Fincher. He started out doing music videos he as did. well. He did. He did. Indeed. There you go. I what remember watching an arena documentary about uh, Ridley Scott, and it was a great little intro. It was a, a loaf of Hovis. Yeah. And then the alien chest burster comes out the top of it. Nice. I thought, that's fun, isn't it? Yeah, that is fun. Well done, Ridley Scott. If well you're done, Ridley Scott. You've made some really, really great films. And um, some terrible ones as well, I've just for qu- balance. Well, that's right. Mm. I was going to ask you, John, would mm. you rather watch Rise of Skywalker again or Prometheus? Prometheus. You think so? I think, and I'm going to get cancelled for this. Here we go, here we go. Oh, big I, takes, big takes. I think Prometheus has aged quite well. Okay. Well, maybe I should watch it again. I remember enjoying the ride of it and then walking mm. away from it and thinking, that's all bollocks. I hated it when I first saw it, but I watched really? it again recently and okay. I really enjoyed it. Alien Covenant was a weird one. Like, I, I didn't terrible. love that either. I, you know, I was yeah, but it, but also I think I feel like there was a collective sort of uh, in the cinema when it reveals that actually this is a sequel to Prometheus. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it felt all the trailers were going. Nah, it's what you want. It's mm-hmm. characters that you can care about, invest in, and they're going to face some aliens on a planet. Oh, just you wait. It's back to the good times. Then David the Android. Oh fuck! Oh, fucking hell. Too, it's like when Mike and Bernie Winters came out. You're like, oh, there's two. Of them. Oh, so many winters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, oh man so they're in the cave and that big sort of basilisk comes out yep yep there's a nice joke here that I really enjoy by the way it's when Ray turns on her lightsaber for light because it's dark 
and uh, Poe turns on his torch. Yeah. And it, it does a beam like a lightsaber. Tink. It's yeah. quite a nice little visual joke. Yeah, that's, that's all right, yeah. Which I'm guessing someone else thought of. Yeah. Uh, Maybe on yeah. the day. So yeah. the snake's all like that lion with the paw, like, oh, I'm really hurt. Oh, yeah. oh no, please. Yeah. And Ray heals him, and he's like, oh, yeah. you can go now. And also they find or- Orchie's dead skeleton. Yeah. Not, not his live one. It, it, with a pot weird. noodle in his lap. Yeah. <laughs> and his flies open. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he's, he's all rotted away, so you can't see what was beneath those flies. Oh, but he still gets up and he says, How many Maverick bars? Oh, Paul, I thought you were a Mara Queen. American? Yeah, American. Yeah, American. Yeah, Oscar yeah. Isaac, the yeah, actor. Oscar Isaac. That's right. I've seen you in... Um, um, the, the, Inside the, the, the Llewellyn Davis. Davis, yeah. But Very you, moving story. You're, you're playing the beautiful guitar. Beautiful guitar. Yeah. I am hot for you, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Gorgeous man. Very anyway. gorgeous man. And... and I like. I saw an interview with Oscar Isaac recently, and they said to him, "Would you another, do another Star Wars?" And he was like, "Oh no!" And, he, and then he went, "Actually, if I need another house, yes." <laughs> I think. I think. The, 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 Have you the, seen the Rise of Skywalker, Oscar Isaac? Mm. No, but I've seen the house it bought, and it's very nice. By all accounts, <laughs> it's a terrible film. Um, <laughs> by all accounts, but um, um, every the theme of this film with every actor, by the way, is very much checked out. Yeah, ready, ready for dead bed behind now. the eyes. That's right. Yeah, mm. ready to go. Mm. Um, yes. Raise Jesus now, then. Yes, she can heal people. This is a thing now that that's the force... one of the many. That and the teleportation thing are two things that I think it, they immediately ring as just like that doesn't work. Like no. you, you no. don't believe it, and you just go. It makes the force less interesting, not more interesting. Well, it does and... because when you think about the 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 the. the the thing that made Anakin evil in the first place was being yeah. able to bring people back from the dead, and now we're just doing yeah. it willy nilly. Yeah, now you can. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah just uh, ridiculous. So Ray, they get out of the snake cave, as it were. Yeah. They find the dagger, um, but yeah. C-3PO can't read the inscription because it's written in Sith. Yep. I can't read Sith. It's against my programming. That and Bernard Manning jokes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a oh I I would read it to you but there's a really awful joke about curry houses here I'm not prepared to say no say it say it the fate of the universe hangs in the balance oh. I can't stress enough this really isn't all right we're gonna have to take this to Jim Davidson <laughs> he's fucking chomping at the bits to read it out loud oh. Sith Lord Darth Davidson oh. is you know sitting in his um you know Surrey well, he'd be like Darth Chalky wouldn't it be awful Darth Chalky oh yeah. God yeah. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.